What is up, y'all, and welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast, guys. I'm super stoked for today because I get to have an awesome friend on my podcast. So, real quick, this episode is a little different from, you know, what we usually talk about. We usually talk about some things and some tips and strategies for newer online coaches. This one is actually going to be for people who are kind of a little higher level, you know, looking to monetize maybe a little bit of a bigger following. Maybe you make like five to seven K a month and you're really just looking to scale and start outsourcing, hiring a team, bringing on assistant coaches, graphic designers, etc. So I had the honor of having Miss Dayla McDevitt, who is an awesome friend of mine down in Austin, Texas, who went from a labor and delivery nurse to an online coach. She's now the owner of DLD Nation, a seven-figure online training team that's helped over a thousand clients transform their lives through fitness. And she's now making the transition with my good friend, Chad Molyneux, into business coaching. So she will be uh, launching NLCA Next Level Coaching Academy, which is going to be a little bit of, like I said, a higher level course for maybe influencers, people with a little bit of a bigger following, or have kind of been seasoned in the coaching realm. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and drop a link down in the description for you guys. But basically, we're going to talk a little about the importance of outsourcing, dropping your mother freaking ego, and honestly, even if you have a small following, still, still imperative that you listen to this one. Or if you're just getting started with coaching, still imperative that you listen to it. So. So without further ado, my friends, um, super stoked to just jump into a bunch of different amazing topics with Dela today. So guys, as per usual, if you love this episode, don't forget to go message Dela. I'll put her Instagram down in the bio. Uh, don't forget to send me a DM, maybe take a little screenshot of it, post it on your story, let us know what's good, friends. And uh, with all that being said, let's uh, giggity get into the motherfucking episode, y'all. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast. So I am super grateful today because I have an awesome friend, a very powerful human, um, and someone I've actually known for quite a long time since having my Instagram, Miss um, Dayla McDevitt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Of course, girl. So guys, Dayla is an absolute powerhouse. Um, I actually got to go visit some friends down in Austin, Texas, where she lives um, early March or like late February and I came home and you guys would not believe what happened with my business just from being around such incredible humans. Um, so Dela, we're stoked to have you. Um, I know we have lots to talk about today, but I would love if you could just kind of introduce yourself to the audience, let everyone know who you are, what you do, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Dela loves dumbbells on Instagram. I actually have a background in nursing. I went to UT Austin and I live in Austin now. I was a labor and delivery nurse for five years and during my nursing career discovered fitness and went on my own fitness journey. Kind of a unique story because I really got into fitness at age 26. So a little bit later than, um, you know, the average person or some people and just fell in love with fitness so much. Started really utilizing Instagram to blog about the experience almost and just kind of share like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what's working for me. And, uh, you know, that in a number of different ways, like led to coaching, started coaching in 2018. And it was just me trying to figure it out by myself. And now we have seven coaches over 500 clients in our team. And we actually have like a 17 person team. Wow. That's incredible. Good for you, girl. Dang. And you've been coaching, what, it's like th- almost three years now? 
yeah, it's been like two and a half years now that I've been doing more like full-time coaching. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So I know you mentioned like starting off with nursing and everything, right? And, and I know you started your journey a little bit later than that, like, you know, most people within the fitness industry at least. So for you, Dela, like quitting your nursing job, like when did you know it was like finally time for you to just take the full leap and invest yourself fully with coaching? I was a little bit more cautious um, financially because I had been, I had been really broke my whole life. <laughs> Just grew up, um, grew up pretty poor. Um, I actually was called like Goodwill at school. And that was like one of my nicknames and like neighbors would like drop off like milk and bread on our doorstep and stuff. And so I just grew up like hyper, hyper conscious of money, went to school, didn't understand student loans, ended up with like 90 K in debt from the federal government and got offered a nursing job in Austin with $44,000 a year, non-negotiable pay. And so I was just like this, <laughs> this is a pretty rough spot. I'm going to be in debt until I'm like 45 years old. So whenever I started, whenever I started coaching, really, if I'm being honest, one of the biggest like drivers for me um, staying in nursing as long as I did was finances. I was just really, really cautious. And I didn't believe that you could not work for the man and be successful long term. I was like, if I want security, I have to be a W-2 employee. That's how this works. Like I have to get a paycheck from a company if I want to be secure. Um, so I actually did nursing and fitness for like 10 or 11 months and um, just was working seven days a week, 70, 80 hours a week the whole time, grinding like crazy. And when I got to the tipping point where I realized the financial potential of coaching, that's what really gave me the, um, the confidence to take the leap. So it's not as much of an inspiring risk takers story, but that just happened to be the path for me. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I know there's obviously like resistance and I think a lot of people kind of think, and nowadays too, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, well the coaching industry is so saturated. Like who am I to start coaching? There's a million other coaches out there too. And I think that's also something that weighs like really heavy on people before considering like making it something that's, you know, full time. So, I mean, for you with like the reservations that came along with that and everything, um, did you kind of deal with like any like imposter syndrome or anything like that when you first started getting into it? Oh, absolutely. I didn't even want when I didn't want people to look at my Instagram. Like I didn't want my coworkers to find out that I was even coaching online because I was really embarrassed about it. I mean, self-limiting beliefs like you wouldn't believe. Even the year before I did coaching, um, I was trying to like sell little programs and stuff. And Sean was trying to convince me to build a, like a website and sell them. And it took me eight months to build up the gumption to even believe that I could like sell a PDF because I was just like, again, who am I? Why do I deserve to teach people about fitness at all? I'm not certified. I'm not qualified. And I probably grappled with that on my own. And it probably delayed the real start of my career by about two years because I didn't have any, you know, um, guidance or mentorship at the time and people kind of encouraging me to go for it. But you look back and you really do understand that everybody starts with no experience. Everybody starts with no certifications. 
everybody starts with zero clients and then one client and you know you i wasn't somebody that had you know a bia a bachelor's in exercise science or even a background as an athlete whatsoever got into it at 26 years old and so um lots and lots of imposter syndrome that took years to overcome <laughs> So for you, babe, I know you mentioned like the mentorship side of things. And we even talked about it earlier before we got on the podcast, like having people around you that kind of, you know, push you to actually like take the leap, do the big things that you have to do to grow. So for you, I mean, I know starting off, you probably figured out quite a bit on your own, but for you, was there any like pivotal point where, you know, you maybe invested in like a mentor or you had someone like aid you with, you know, building systems and kind of growing and taking the leap? Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. So from the beginning of 2018 to like May 2019, so almost a year and a half, I was trying to do things all by myself and like could not figure anything out. I mean, especially when you come from a nursing background, how are you supposed to know how to be an online entrepreneur? I don't even like know really what PayPal was besides I used it sometimes to do online clothing shopping and like, you know, payment, payment systems and like client delivery. And just everything was moving along at a snail's pace. Like, yeah, I was doing the damn thing, but I was doing it so inefficiently. And it was just Sean and I, just Sean and I for a year and a half, because we couldn't even grow to the point where we needed any other help. Um, we, you know, it was just like a two man show. And then I hired Hannah Deindorfer as my business coach in May of 2019. And within the first month, email lists, like new websites, discovered type form, discovered like even like Google Drive and client delivery systems and email templates and check-in efficiencies. And she was able to just give me like all of the answers that were taking me years to accumulate. I still to this day have a business coach. I pay for a business coach every single month. I will never, ever, ever not have one in addition to all of the other people that are mentors in my life. And whenever we hired Hannah, I had like 140 people in DLD Nation. And within the next year, we increased our net clients by 400 because I hired somebody, got the direction that I needed. And I just always like to say like, coaches are the gasoline. Like you're like trying to tinder a fire. Like Hannah came along and dumped a fuckload of gasoline onto my, <laughs> onto my little fire. And you know, things just took off and exploded. Yeah. And that's like how it goes with both fitness and like business coaching. And that's why I always, I literally made a podcast like last week and I was like, coaches at some point need to have like gone through some kind of program or, you know, something that shows Absolutely. the system, something that shows them how they can provide value. I think it's also just very inspirational when someone also goes with, you know, some kind of coach that's doing the thing that they want to be doing. And that's the cool thing about the coaching industry is like, there are leaders teaching you exactly what you want and they cut all the bullshit and the fluff out. And that's why I love coaching so much. It's just like a rapid progression, like you said, um, like having that mentorship. And so I wanted to touch on something you said there, right? And I'm really big on like the coach versus like the seller entrepreneur kind of thing, because I think that's the gap that just, it's the step a lot of people are missing is like they're fucking incredible coaches, but like they have no idea how to sell or no idea how to market, you know? And I think that's like where the big thing is with like the mentorship side of things. Um, and I know like one of the big reasons I wanted to have Dayla on the podcast for everyone listening is her and a really good friend of mine, Chad Molyneux are releasing uh, a coaching program that really helps bridge the gap for high level entrepreneurs and also um, people just kind of getting into the industry. Um, and so Dayla, for you, like, 
do you feel like one of the big faults when you first started off was like knowing that you were the coach, but not so much like the entrepreneurial side getting started? Yeah, absolutely. That's just, that's not, you know, skills that people inherently have. You start coaching because you want to help people, but you're not even thinking or paying attention to the business side often. And this is where people end up undercharging or, you know, like coaching people for free, or they have no systems that actually lead to like positive client experiences or good retention. And, you know, or they don't know how to do their taxes. Their business isn't actually legitimate in any sense of the word. And they have no idea how to set up professional boundaries because the way that online coaching is, is, you know, there's a lot of permeability between you and the clients and, um, you know, them maybe having your contact information, maybe having your email. And so you're just so excited by the idea of helping people that you don't even think about setting it up as a business or something that's going to like actually generate stable revenue for you, stable income for you. And you're usually not looking forward at where the company is going and how to grow it. You're usually just looking at your, you know, your messages that day, your check-ins that day. And that really was the most transformational thing for me about hiring a business coach because the conversations were not about coaching, the conversations, she was asking me the right questions and giving me the guidance on how to make DLD Nation an actual company and a brand and not just, you know, like, oh, Dela, let's try to make you individually a better coach. Like I already was a good coach, but I wasn't a company. Right, right. And I know for you, you mentioned the system side of things, which I'm like a systems whore. It's like my favorite thing. They're <laughs> like the shortcut to you know, also it's just, if you're trying to be more impactful, taking on more people, like you have to have, like you said, those systems in place because that's what allots for either more time, but we know as entrepreneurs, more time just means more room to take on more clients or do more things for the most part. Um, so for systems for you, Dela, like getting those established and stuff, like how important was that for you with, you know, DLD Nation and like what, what kind of results did you see from, from creating systems? Yeah, I love that you positioned it that way, that having better systems enables you to have a larger impact because that's really the end goal here. Like, yes, as a company grows, you are going to augment the revenue. But if you are crippled by inefficient systems, maybe you have 15 clients, maybe you have 20 clients, you can't figure out for the life of you how to like outsource, bring other staff members on, how to even like have the growth to bring other assistant coaches on. And so your impact as a coach is going to be a lot smaller than if you develop the systems necessary. And Sean and I hit so many ceilings whenever it was just the two of us starting. Um, I capped my roster at 30 clients and I started a waiting list. Then improved the systems, was able to get up to 60 clients, you know, in a, improved the systems again, was able to get up to 70 clients. And this is all while maintaining the exact same amount of communication with the clients weekly. That's the variable that doesn't change because I think a lot of other coaches too, when they hear systems and scaling, they hear shitty coaches that lose their personal touch. And that is so fucking wrong and couldn't be further, couldn't be further from the truth. If you want to be a good 
businessman or woman, you maintain the client experience. You actually augment the connection and the client experience and the resources that are provided to the client. But all of the other stuff that's making the machine of your business work, you get so good at that stuff that you're spending minimal time there. And you're creating the efficiencies there that is enabling you to grow your rosters. And you know, even in our company, our coaches can have 80 to 100 clients. Of course, they're all full-time. It's their full-time gig. They're not doing anything else. But, you know, and that's with sending personalized voice memos to every single piece of communication from clients and having a client experience that people are talking about and, you know, getting referrals for. Yeah, exactly. And that's where also, too, the hype kind of comes in. And like the community sense, too, you know, is when everyone's getting kind of like similar deliverables. And I'm really grateful that you touched on that, too, is like actually maintaining the client experience. I know for myself, like first outsourcing, which is definitely something we will dive into. Um, outsourcing is fucking terrifying. Like it's so scary yeah. because you one have to put your trust in other people, but two, you know, if you genuinely are a heart centered coach who cares about people, you don't want, like you said, Dela, to have them lose the client experience, which I know for a lot of people yeah. is scary. I know for myself until literally I made my trip to Austin, I had had assistant coaches before, mm -hmm. but I never wanted to like fully give up you know, some of my control. And that's something I definitely want to talk to you about, Dela, and for the audience is when somebody, you know, well, first off, when does somebody know that they need to even outsource things? Good question. So um, I would say, you know, if you feel as though your roster is capped in clients, but you still have interest, like you know that you can sign more clients or you're getting more inquiries and you're having more people come to you and you ever think to yourself like, I cannot take on another client. Like I cannot grow. I, my philosophy is don't say no to growth. If you feel resistance to interest in you or your brand or your company because of your time, you need to be outsourcing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's one thing I think for even myself, just to give you all an example is I genuinely wouldn't do calls to action on my story because I'm like, I can't keep taking on more clients. And I remember you saying that you were like, I'm afraid to do a CTA because I'm so full. Right. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, you're literally leaving somebody who potentially needs a lifestyle change and like an extreme transformation on the table, or they're just going to go somewhere else. And that's one thing that I think with outsourcing, even for myself and my own experiences, like I was super like, wow, I wish I would have done this earlier. Um, and that's a thing for myself now, Dela. It's so funny. I'm sure you can relate. You like almost get obsessed with like investing back into your business and starting to like outsource more and more because you're like, oh shit, I'm growing, but I still have all this time on my hands. And like, that was the one thing for me where I was like, wow, this is so well worth it. So I know for myself personally, you know, making the investments and things like that to just start outsourcing. Um, I just had to take the leap. And I know it was just one of those things where it's like, get over it, trial, error kind of thing. So do you have like a piece of advice or like a word of advice for people who are looking to outsource or even just invest in mentorship? Like what kind of thought processes, what questions should they be asking themselves? 
Um, I think I'll answer that by talking about some of the fears of outsourcing because the, the fears of barriers, the fears are always our biggest barriers to action. You have fears of investing in mentorship because you either don't believe in the mentor, you don't believe in yourself and you're dealing with self-limiting beliefs. And you fear outsourcing because again, you have limiting beliefs that anybody can do a better job than you or that you know something bad will happen if you start relinquishing any amount of control. And I always like to bring attention to the ego there because I have, I have a mentor in my life, Adi Kaju. She's the owner of Working Against Gravity, which is a really large... Um, which is a really large nutrition company. And I told her whenever it was just Sean and myself, I was like, Adi, I can't hire other assistant coaches because everybody that inquires just wants to work with me. They come from my Instagram. They're interested in me. And she, and, um, she called me out on it and she was like, you think that everyone's obsessed with you specifically? And she was like, yeah, they resonate with you. They're interested in your service. And she was like, it's actually pretty egotistical for you to think that you could bring assistant coaches on and that nobody would like them and they would only like you the best. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And recognizing like you may think that you're the best person. Everybody, like people are so unique. Everybody has so many unique things to bring and offer. Every single one of my assistant coaches has a personality characteristic that makes them invaluable to their clientele and to creating like diversity and uh, variety on the team. And there are people that have, they're better um, in certain aspects of coaching than even I am. So checking your ego realizing that you're not the absolute best at everything, realizing that other people have a lot to bring to the table if you will let them, and actually bringing in unique creative minds with different perspectives and ideas will help your company grow in ways that you might not even realize right now. Um, also recognizing that there are experts that are better at doing things maybe than you are like virtual assistants, graphic designers, email marketers, you know, and like letting somebody fulfill a role that maybe you're just kind of half-assing because you're trying to be the business owner and you're trying to wear every single hat, but maybe not wearing all of them exceptionally well. And then the last thing is like, yes, mistakes are going to happen that should not be a barrier to outsourcing. Like, did you make mistakes yourself when you were starting off as a coach? Yes, of course you did. Maybe you still are. We all still are, but it doesn't stop you from coaching. And so you also just like have to understand that if you're going to outsource, like employees are going to make mistakes. Staff is going to make mistakes. That's how they learn. That's how I learn. That's how we all learn. And so like being okay with that and being accepting of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I love that you said the whole check your ego kind of thing, because I was almost feeling that myself in the beginning. And then you start to realize, like, like you said, with different perspectives and different offers and qualities too. like I one of my assistant coaches is like getting her master's in psychology, working specifically with women who come from, you know, backgrounds with eating disorders. Like that's not something I'm qualified for. You know, like you said, it just offers like different yeah. perspectives. And I know for you guys at DLD Nation, you have an abundance of coaches that work in also different niches and different areas, which is important too, because then you open your team to, you know, more availability to help more people and different kinds of people too, which is really cool. So I want to jump into talking about the course that you guys are launching. Um, and I know specifically, I know a lot of, um, it's kind of funny. I just have to disclose something is like so many people on Instagram think that because somebody has like hundred thousand followers, 200,000 followers that they have hella cash in the bank. And that shit is mm. so false. Like I yeah. have business coaching clients that have 
sub 4,000 followers, sub 2,000 followers who make twice as much as like half of the bigger influencers. And I think it is also the influencers who generate the leads like very, I don't want to say easily, but they have the monetization, like they could monetize on the big following that they have. They not, yeah. Yeah. They just don't really know like how to do it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what you guys are offering and how, you know, that can help people on just like a larger scale. Yeah. So, I mean, what you said is exactly so true. I even thought that if somebody had like a hundred thousand followers, they're making a hundred thousand dollars. And if you had, you know, maybe like half a million followers, you're making half a million dollars a year. And it's absolutely not true because as we talked about earlier on this podcast, like people aren't innately entrepreneurial and like understanding um, of business. And so the real motivator for Chad and I to make, to create this course is like, okay, so maybe you're a coach, maybe you even have an audience, but you're still struggling to make six figures or you're just barely scratching the surface when the potential for monetization there, like you said, of your brand is limitless, multiple six figures, seven figures and beyond. And so the course curriculum really is around um, improving your entire backend process and systems, first of all, because that shit has to be corrected. Improving sales skills, which helps you increase your pricing, get better conversions, get more people, get more resigns, get more retention, all of that. So now, so now you're a well-oiled machine that's generating more revenue. Now you need to grow. If you don't scale, you're stunted. It's like, it's like a turtle that, you know, isn't put in a new shell. Like it'll just stop growing there forever. And so then we go into step by step. How do you hire, train, pay, sign contracts with all individuals? Maybe um, DM outreach people, assistant coaches, VAs, email marketers, ads teams, graphic designers, whatever your company needs, because the needs of your company, of course, will be very unique based on your growth, your speed, you know, what exactly are the services that you're offering, but figuring out how and who to hire and what you need to be paying for those things. When are you at the next point of growth of outsourcing? What things can be outsourced? And then finally, multiple streams of revenue. Because this is another huge mistake that often people make is they put all of their eggs in one basket. And if you're somebody that has you know, even 10,000 followers, even 5,000 followers on Instagram, you could have a lot of like automated streams of revenue that you might not even realize so that, you know, the next time that one of your clients has to pause their coaching, you're not freaking out every time that happens because you have three or four different streams of revenue under you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's one thing I think is missing for a lot of like people who are a little higher level too. Like we obviously always push, you know, the singly crafted offer, which is really important, but always important to expand, um, which is awesome too. And I know of course, for you guys with having like DLD nation, having, you know, lots of different like coaches on the team too. It just allows for more people to be seen. Um, but like I told you, I'm like a whore for email marketing, like so many different things yeah. with lead gen, but cool. So what I'm going to do guys is, um, well, Dayla, really quickly, if you just want to kind of let the people know, like who specifically are you looking for, you know, for this course? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we are looking for people that you know maybe are consistently making five to seven k a month or even you know five to ten k a month as a coach but they have no idea where to go from there they figured it out enough 
to maybe hit just below six figures or even they're having six figure years, which is fucking amazing. But that's it. They have no idea what direction to go in. Maybe they're a one man or woman show, or maybe they have like one other person that kind of helps them out, but they're not really a brand. They're not really a team. They're not really a company. And they want that. They want to make their reach larger. They want to have a larger impact. They want to become a larger team, more recognized brand, but they have no idea how to accelerate that. Cool. Awesome, guys. So what I'm going to do is um, in the description of this, um, I'll also go ahead and throw it in the link in my bio on Instagram for anybody here. Um, I do have a link for y'all to go check it out. Um, it's an application form for you guys to just go look at, see if you know this program is a good fit for you, for Chad and Dela. Um, I'll also go ahead and make sure I put Chad's Instagram in the description here as well. Um, I'll also put Dela's information and anything that she might include for y'all. But um Awesome, Dela. Thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing everything and your knowledge. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I always love connecting. Of course. And one more thing, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you guys want to just click the little power button, volume button, take a screenshot, throw it on your story, tag me and Dela. Feel free to DM Dela, myself, if you guys got any value from this. Um, thank you guys for listening. And until next time.